Welcome to episode 228 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Fast, Feast, Repeat, a comprehensive guide to delay, don't deny, intermittent fasting. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of premium grass-fed, grass-finished steak tips, all for free, plus $20 off. That's right, we're talking pounds of meat for free, plus $20 off. Friends, I love meat and seafood. My favorite way to get it is ButcherBox. It has been for years, and it's one of those things where I just sort of become more and more obsessed the more I use it. Especially with all the greenwashing that's going on today with meat and seafood, there's a lack of transparency, it can be hard to know what you're actually getting, and it can be expensive. ButcherBox addresses all of that. By directly partnering with farmers and fishermen, ButcherBox cuts out the middleman of the grocery store and directly delivers delicious meat and seafood straight to your door. And they have the highest standards. Their salmon, for example, is wild caught. Their beef is 100% grass fed and 100% grass finished. Their chicken is free range and organic, and it all tastes delicious. I love their chicken, love their meat, love their seafood. They have amazing scallops as well. And you can really find the collection of food that you want that works for you and your family. They have curated boxes so you can get exactly what you want as fresh as possible because yes, meat and seafood that is immediately frozen is fresher than meat that is waiting out and never frozen. That's because it's frozen at its peak of freshness. It's funny because people kind of think it would be the opposite. Like, oh, I need never frozen meat and seafood. No, 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 no. You want frozen. You want meat and seafood that was immediately frozen and then shipped to you, which is what ButcherBox does. I eat a lot of steak at restaurants. ButcherBox's fillets are divine, way better than anything I would get at a restaurant. Their other cuts are amazing as well. With their seafood, I know I can trust them that I'm actually getting what they say because yes, there is a lot of scams in the seafood industry and their chicken also tastes amazing. It's free range and organic and tastes delicious. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner and ButcherBox has an incredible offer for our audience. You can have your choice of a weeknight meal essential for free in every order for a whole year. Just go to butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use ifpodcast to choose either three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of grass-fed, grass-finished premium steak tips plus $20 off. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use code ifpodcast to choose your free offer and get that $20 off. Butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast with code ifpodcast. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. 
One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed, but with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 228 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? Well, I have some interesting news to share. We have a diabetic cat officially diabetic. Our cat is diabetic. Yeah. Jen, we just found out our cat is diabetic. Really? This is your parents' cat? Mm-hmm. Like our family cat from... Yep. Well, we have, you know, we have three cats and one of them, Ringo, was acting weird and I thought he might have like a bladder infection or something. 
And I took him to the vet and they're like, well, his bladder has no infection, but his blood glucose is 380 something. I'm like, oh, that seems high for a cat. (laughs) You know, is it the same for people? You know, I tried to find that out. And I mean, apparently it's not exactly the same for people, but 380, you know, that was high. So now he gets insulin twice a day. Yeah, our cat was, I think my dad said over 500. Oh, that is high. That's really high. Yeah, makes me really sad. I do wonder. So is he getting insulin? Is your cat getting insulin? I'm not sure. This is like a really new development. I'm not sure yet. Okay. I mean, it just happened for us too. We went back to have it rechecked just to make sure, and it was still that high. And so then they kept him overnight and like tried to figure out the right dose for him. Because with cats, you don't have to test their blood glucose personally. They just told me how much insulin to give him, and so we're giving it to him twice a day. And then I have to go back next week, and they're going to just make sure. You know, we don't want him to have too much insulin, so they're going to check and see. But I'll just give it to him while he's, like, eating, and he doesn't even notice. Yeah. First thing I said, I was like, can we put her on a low-carb diet? They can, actually. They have a special cat food for that. Yeah. I think if I was taking care of her, that's what I would do. Our problem is that we have three cats, and they have, like, a special diabetic cat food. But I looked up the ingredients. They were not impressive to me, and, like, it seemed to have a lot of things in there still. And it was very pricey. And I'm like, I'm not going to feed all three of my cats this special diabetic food. So we did up the quality of our food. We got a different kind of food, not theirs. The vet wanted us to take. And we got a different kind that is still higher quality than we had been feeding them. So I would probably like to make the food myself. (laughs) I was feeding them like freeze-dried raw food. It was probably, yeah. Well, would they get some wet food? In the morning, they all get like it's meat, you know, it's like a meaty, tinned kind of cat food, you know, the kind of the that's, you know, meat with like gravy or whatever. And then they have the dry cat food for the rest of the day when they want to have some. Yeah. Anyway, interesting that yours also has has diabetes. I'd never really heard a lot about it. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, me too. Apparently, it's very common. And I was freaking out. I'm like, I don't want to get this. And he's like, it's no big deal. The vet. My mom said, she said this so matter-of-factly, I was laughing at, she basically said all cats die of kidney disease. I was like, is that a true statement, mom? They usually do get kidney disease. A lot of them do. We've had two that I know of that died of kidney disease. Maybe we're just feeding them really the wrong foods. I'm sure that's what it is. I mean, I'm not sure of anything, but. Well, if they're all getting kidney disease, that's, or maybe they're not supposed to live as long as they're living. Like in the wild, maybe cats wouldn't normally live this long. But it's really interesting that it's kidney disease, you know? Yeah, that's true, which makes me feel like it's something that we're feeding them. I think so, yeah. Because cats are carnivores. We're not feeding them a carnivore diet. We're feeding them carbs. Yeah, that's why we change their food a lot. I feel like it's one of the best examples of, you know, what happens when you put a species on a diet that's not suited to. That's not right for them. Well. Well, poor Ringo. You can tell he feels better, though, already. He's he's back to his old happier self. That's good. Well, I have two exciting updates. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear them. One, you already know, but I interviewed Rob Wolf again this week. So that was, oh, listeners, out of the 100-plus guests I've had on the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, he is my favorite. That's amazing. Already over 100. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just feels like you just started that. I know. What? You've already, I mean, I swear it feels like you just started that podcast. 
and you do one a week. You've been doing it for over a hundred weeks. Yeah. The episode that came out this past Friday was episode 105. Wow. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. And I know when you have somebody that you really admire. Yeah. Yeah. I try not to like fangirl quite as much, but I was like overwhelmingly fangirling as per usual. But the episode will not be out by the time this comes out, but um, it will be at melanieavalon.com slash electrolytes. I wanted to do a foundational educational episode on electrolytes. So many of our listeners have benefited from Element because that's Rob's company. Oh, it was really fascinating. He's just so smart. I just think he's very nuanced and not biased in his opinions on things. So I really, really respect him. And then um, the second update. So listeners, you can officially go to melanieavalon.com slash serapeptase. And that's where you can get on the email list for my new serapeptase supplement. And we're going to do a pre-order special. We haven't come up with the exact specifics, but we're probably going to do like a, a tiered thing where like because we're only doing 1,200 bottles for the first order. So I think we're going to do something where like the first 100 people get like the lowest price and then the next 400 will be a slightly higher price and then the remaining. But either way, the pre-order price, it's probably never going to be that low again. Like we're doing a special just for the pre-order. So definitely get on that email list because I don't know, I think it might sell out for the pre-order. So I'm very excited. But yeah. Anything else new in your world? No. <laughs> that's it. Just giving shots to a cat twice a day. So that's the thing. You know, we're going to have to be around him all the time. And when I go to the beach, I'm going for three weeks. I'm leaving in a week. Chad's going to have to do it. And if we go somewhere together, the two of us, I guess we have to board him. He is not going to like that. Oh, my gosh. He hated being at the vet overnight. Have you boarded them before? Well, we have the couple of times we've rented our house for masters. You have to get your pets out of the house. I think we only rented our house twice. It was a, a long time ago when we did it. And I was like, I hate this. And part of it was taking all the cats to the vet and boarding them. You know, I didn't like the thought of that. And you had also your house. You know how when you go on vacation, just going on vacation is stressful enough. Now imagine your house has to be perfect and that it has to be like not just perfect, but you're having guests there that are paying you thousands of dollars to stay in your home. <laughs> and yeah, this is when the boys were at home. And I'm like, all right, no one used that bathroom. Do not go in that bathroom. And then sure enough, someone would go use that bathroom. I'm like, what is happening? I said, don't use that. You know, it was not worth it to me. That's a lot to deal with. It is a lot, you know, so. Yeah. I just like to have my space with me and... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have to put things away and you're like, what if they're going through my underwear drawer? You're like, I better put my underwear all away. I mean, it's just... Oh, goodness. I would be so stressed. Yeah. I mean, imagine it's just for a week and you're having to clear out for total strangers. And you also hear horror stories. We had great runners. They worked for a Canadian sports casting company the two years that we rented. They were fantastic. So they were like the camera crew and the on-air, whoever. So they came to our house and they worked. I mean, they they were like working most of the day at the Masters. They just came back and apparently they drank a lot of wine and beer while they were <laughs> at our house because they left all, you know, all that we could see. But they were not in the house a lot. It's when you have, I don't know, different kind of groups of people that it can get rowdy. And that's when the horror stories come in. I think some of the best people to have are like the golfers themselves. Like our neighbor rents to to the golfers. No renting for me. No. <laughs> and, we, well, you know, I hate to put the pets in. They, they don't like it. They don't understand. They're in this little cage. I don't know. <sighs> well, in any case, 
Shall we move on to everything for today? Yep, let's get started. All right. So to start things off, we have some feedback from Megan. The subject is no more medicines. And Megan says, hi, ladies. I so enjoy listening to your podcast. I've been learning so much. My husband suggested that I write to tell you about the amazing results I have seen since starting to fast last month. I started by reading Jen's book, Delay Don't Deny. I started June 18th at 236 pounds, and I am already down to 215. I have gone down a pant size. I would like to get down to 135 or so, but this is the first time I really believe it will happen. And she has a smiley face emoji. She says, and I'm post-menopausal. I have also stopped taking meds for heartburn slash reflux, apple cider vinegar capsules, Prilosec and Tums, and allergies. She was taking Zyrtec, Flonase, and Breathe Right strips. No more snoring. My heart rate has gone down to 40 to 50 BPM while I'm sleeping, and I'm waking up only once in the middle of the night. I'm thinking more clearly at work. My rosacea has cleared up quite a bit. I have not had any headaches. It really has changed my life. And I thank you so much for helping me get started. And my boyfriend is so impressed with what he is seeing that he is going to start soon as well. Thanks again, Meg. That's awesome. Meg, thank you so much for letting us know. I mean, that is like really quick for all those positive benefits. I think it's just wonderful. I feel like so many people, you know, start I have to lose weight and then they experience all of these other benefits that they didn't even anticipate. That's it. Yeah. The health plan with the side effect of weight loss. I really believe it. I've been wanting to share this on the podcast and this sparked my memory for histamine intolerance. I have been taking ancestral supplements, desiccated kidney. I'm shocked by the effects it has on my what I perceive as probably histamine intolerance. It's incredible. So I really recommend people, if they at all struggle with histamine, they try it. It contains DAO, which is the enzyme that breaks down histamine. It can really help support that if people are struggling with that. Very cool. There's so many things going on in our bodies. That's just something we have to keep in mind all the time, which is why, you know, there's no one size fits all answer for pretty much anything because we all have like bazillions of things. That's the, you know, official term. Yep. Well, I'm really curious. My mom has been struggling with her kidneys. I really want her to start taking it because a lot of people report that they've been able to reverse kidney disease with it, even though doctors say that kidney disease is not reversible. But my mom, she's she's coming around. She's like, my doctor says it's not reversible. She's like, but I know it is. Her doctor, I think I shared this story before, but she had really high cholesterol and her doctor said that she needed to go on statins. She decided to change her diet she drastically lowered her cholesterol and her doctor was like, I guess you can change (laughs) my diet. So now she's like on the diet train to fix things, which is really cool. That really is so much power in the food. All right. We have a question from Sarah and the subject is IUD. She says, hi, Jen and Melanie, huge fan of both of you and all your work. I have changed my life and has become such an important part of my healthy lifestyle. After Melanie's recent interview with Dr. Will Cole, I began listening to his podcast. He interviewed Leanne Vogel, and she had a lot of interesting insights about adjusting your fasting based on menstrual cycles to optimize the benefits. I have an IUD, and she put in parentheses, Marina, implanted, and I don't get a period. I've had the Marina for 10 years now and love the ease and effectiveness of this type of birth control and have had no complaints or side effects. I've been fasting for a year and a half and usually do a 24 window. I've been at my ideal weight and do it primarily for the health benefits, specifically to manage GI distress, 
heartburn slash reflux and blood sugar crashes slash hangriness. I'm 41 years old and I eat pescatarian with very minimal processed food. Most of the time I feel great, but I do have days where I just feel blah and low energy. I sometimes think maybe it's my allergies. I sometimes think it's low electrolytes, so I started taking the element supplements. But now I have another factor to consider. Is it my body cycles even though I do not get a period? What are your thoughts? Thank you in advance and keep up the good work. All right. So this is a great question from Sarah. And I was excited to include it because I recently read Elisa Vitti's In the Flow book. And I learned a lot in that book about the female cycle. I learned so much. And I also since then also read Stephanie Estima's The Betty Body and also learned a lot about the female cycle. So it's been a lot of education for me personally. And I don't personally agree with Elisa Vitti's perspective on her entire perspective on fasting, but I do think there is a lot of valuable information in her book. She thinks when you're on birth control, hormonal or not, because IUDs can be hormonal or not. And the marina is hormonal, by the way. She says the body does still cycle and experience the effects of the cycle. I couldn't find any studies like talking about this specifically. Most of the literature on it was saying that because of the the hormones involved that you're not cycling, if your period goes away entirely, that you are existing in this different hormonal state. I mean, it's really interesting because on the hormonal IUD, some people do still cycle and some people don't. What it all says to me is that I think it's very possible that this could be happening. It's hard to know, but I think it could be. Do you have thoughts on it, Jen? Really what you said, I think. And also sometimes we just feel bleh and have low energy. You know, I'm on the other side of of menopause, so my hormones are not doing the same thing that they had been doing. Some days I feel bleh compared to other days. It just happens sometimes. So there, there's so many causes out there that, that could lead to you not feeling your best. It's absolutely impossible for us to ever know. I mean, sometimes you can't even know what it is when it's you personally going through it. You know, you're trying to figure it out. And but you definitely can't know for you know, somebody else. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you noticed that you felt blah every 28 days, maybe make a note of it. That would indicate. I mean, you can do some things to try to figure it out like mark it down and say, oh, look, I do feel blood every 28 days. That probably is something with with a cycle going on in my body. You could also do temperature tracking. So Aura, I'm interviewing, well, I've had them on the show twice, but I'm interviewing one of the researchers that they work with this week. And her focus is ultradian and infradian rhythms. We're going to probably talk all about this, like temperature tracking and the different rhythms in the body. So I'm I'm very excited. There's a lot of rhythms in the body, a lot of clocks. There's a lot of clocks. There are so many, which is why, you know, it always, I don't know, it, it bothers me. I don't know if that's the right word to use. Is amusing to me to consider that the thought that we would all be, you know, quote, exactly the same, <laughs> you know, when it comes to that. There's so many moving parts. And I don't literally mean like, you know, moving parts. But I mean, there are moving lots of moving parts. But there's so many things going on that we're all just going to be different. Not everyone has the exact same length menstrual cycle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not even remotely. That's just one example of that. We know that some women are like clockwork every 26 days or something, and that's their normal cycle, whereas other people are slightly longer. And, you know, really, 
when I was going through perimenopause, it just really showed me how powerful these hormones are because then you have like no regularity, you know, for a period of time. After being regular, now it's like, now we have 10 days, now we have 32 days, now we have four days. I mean, it just it was crazy. <laughs> and it just lets you know that our bodies just are, are doing what they're doing back there. And it really just depends on on our hormones and so many other factors. And they're out of your control. Or they're influenced by what you're doing. Oh, yeah. They're totally influenced by so many things. But it's not something you're consciously... Like the changes that my body has gone through over menopause, they happened. And no matter what I do, I have had changes. You're going to have changes. Then you have to respond to those changes. I was reading something this past week. Someone was talking about having trouble losing weight. And, you know, of course, I asked her age and she was someone, you know, probably 10 years ahead of me as far as like deep into menopause. And I was doing some reading. You know, we really need less fuel as we age. We need less fuel. But more protein. Yes, but more protein. That that was in what I was reading. But that's something to keep in mind for anybody who's getting older. We don't need to eat as much food. So let's say you've been maintaining on a, let's say you're someone, of course, you know, neither of us recommends counting calories, but let's say you're somebody who has been counting your calories for decades, you know exactly how much you're eating. And now all of a sudden you're eating the exact same number of calories and you're slowly gaining weight. Is there something wrong with you? No. That's just, it's normal for our bodies to need less energy, less fuel as we age. And so if you're postmenopausal and you find your weight is slowly creeping up, even though your eating habits have not changed, my point is that they might need to change. You may need to eat less food. And boy, that's annoying to hear and to understand. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that now that I'm 52, maybe I need to eat less food. That's no fun. I want to eat more food, not less food. Thankfully, though, with intermittent fasting, one of the things I love about it is with the shortened eating window, you get to eat more satisfying. Even if it's less food, it doesn't feel as much like less food because you get to eat more of it at once. It's easier to eat less food in an eating window than throughout the whole day. Absolutely. But I just want to encourage people that may be in the same stage as me or are older than me to understand that, oh gosh, well, this is just a fact of life that maybe I'm going to have to eat a little bit less food as I get older than I could eat when I was in my 40s, for example. And it's okay. I'm not going to be mad at my body for changing in the way that bodies change. Exactly. Shall we go on to our next question? Yes. All right. So the next question is from Julie. The subject is sleep, sex drive, and sweats. And can I just say one thing before we even read it? Before we even read what Julie has to say, that subject line, sleep, sex drive, and sweats, is perimenopause in a subject line. That's all I'm going to say. So let's just hear what Julie has to say, but that really flows nicely with what we were just talking about. All right. So Julie says, greetings, Jen and Melanie. My name is Julie. I'm a 51-year-old high school special education teacher in Michigan. I'm 5'4". I'm pretty active. I walk four miles five to six days per week and bike 14 miles at a good pace once a week during our non-snow months. I'll do some light lifting, but I'm inconsistent. I'm definitely going through perimenopause and was approaching my one year with no cycle, then bam, I had a week cycle in May 2021. And then you have to start over again. For people who don't you know yet because you're not quite at that stage of your life, 
you got to start the clock over again. I remember being exactly where you are, Julie, with that and like being mad because I was like so excited that (laughs) time was progressing and then bam, cycle. You have to start over and then you have to wait a year before. Anyway, I just had to throw that in there. That's really frustrating. It is what it is. I keep mentioning Stephanie Estima, but she talks about that a lot in her book. Like she talks about the vagueness surrounding defining perimenopause and menopause. That is basically just like this, you know, counting game and that it's like very vague. (laughs) In any case, so Julie says, cheers to me. The year long count starts again. Insert eye roll, angry face emoji here. My questions are coming. I stumbled across IF and your podcast last summer 2020 when I was trying to drop a few pounds before my son's wedding. I have done the traditional diets in the past, such as Weight Watchers, counting calories, low fat, etc. I have learned lessons each time I would, quote, diet throughout my adult years, and I've implemented those lessons changes with my daily lifestyle. I used to drink three cans of diet caffeine free pop per day. I used to eat way more carbs. I used to put cream and sweetener in my coffee. I used to eat three to four meals per day. I used to be on three kinds of medication, and now I'm only taking vitamins. This has been a huge win for me. That sounds familiar. Sounds like one of our earlier questions. She says, prior to IF, I fluctuated between 148 to 158 for 20 years. I feel mentally best when I'm under 150. When I started IF in summer 2020, I was at 156 pounds and my goal was to get to 148. However, I found myself dropping to 142 and I was thrilled with the quick results, not to mention I just felt great. My current weight has been ranging between 143 to 145, and she has a goal of 138 to 142. Since summer of 2020 until summer 2021, I have never, ever not done an IF day less than 16.8. It truly is the easiest lifestyle to obtain. However, things have changed since I started. In fact, within weeks of starting, I do not sleep as well. I used to sleep solidly for eight hours. I toss and turn all night and every night. Is this my IF lifestyle or my perimenopause? I find myself overheating and having night sweats after I open my window about two hours later, and they continue throughout my sleeping hours. Thoughts? What can I change? Change my eating window when I'm eating? Or is this all part of my change? Not to mention, my sex drive has gone down. Ugh. I've been married for 30 years, and this has never been an issue for me and started soon after I started the IF lifestyle. Please help. All right. So do you have help, Jen? I do. And here's something interesting to know. You know, when I started intermittent fasting, the the time that stuck in 2014 and never quit again. So I've been doing it now since 2014. And so I was at that point in the year before I started intermittent fasting, I had trouble with uterine fibroids, which I, I think I've talked about before. So I had surgery for that. So, I mean, I wasn't like, you know, this perfect, healthy, hormonal, everything was perfect. And then it wasn't kind of person. I had issues before intermittent fasting with fibroids. But after I started intermittent fasting, that all got better. You know, the whole fibroid thing after the surgery and I was taking serapeptase and I didn't have, I I no longer had that struggle with the heavy flow and the bleeding that was was so, sorry guys, but you're just going to have to hear this. But it was really, really hard before I had the surgery. But then everything was better. Then, you know, I had a few years that I would call perimenopause where my cycles became irregular, but that was it. It was just irregularity. They would be short. They'd be long. It was all over the place. It was wacky. But then as it continued, 
I all of a sudden, Julie, those things, and it was right around when it started to get really, really longer, like how you said you almost made it a year, and then bam, that was when everything got to the point where you just described. I stopped sleeping well. I started overheating. I started feeling sweaty after opening my window even more throughout my sleeping hours. The loss of libido. Check, check, check. And so for me, I had enough years where I wasn't doing that so that I am pretty sure the cause effect was not intermittent fasting and then, you know, these symptoms. I actually sailed through perimenopause and felt great. It was right when I got to that point. I kind of think of it like this. You know, when I interviewed Dr. Jones for the Intermittent Fasting Stories podcast, he he works with women and, and you know, over the, the transition. And he really opened my eyes and helped me understand what was happening. As our bodies start to decrease, you know, estrogen, progesterone, that's when we start having these symptoms. And so I was like, okay. So it's really textbook. You know, take the intermittent fasting out of the picture completely. This is the way women feel during this transition. And so I didn't feel like that. Then I had, like like you're saying, the, the long period of time where I didn't have a cycle, and then I had another one, and then, you know, had to start the clock again. But it was during that, that second part of it before, you know, when I was going through my last full year when all those symptoms that you just described happened. So I would really encourage you to listen. If you want to really understand it, Sherry and I, for the Life Lessons podcast, we did two episodes with Dr. Anna Kabeca, and she's an OBGYN. And she's known as the girlfriend doctor because she really is like talking to a girlfriend. She's fabulous. It's episodes 25 and episode 26. For episode 25, we talked about demystifying menopause. And so we talked about what your body's going through pre, during the transition, and then post. And then we had episode 26, which was sexual health and libido. And so, again, just like you, when you said, that you've been married for 30 years, this has never been an issue for you. I could write this entire everything exactly like you. I mean, I could have written that because never was an issue. Boom, it was an issue. (laughs) And it is shocking and surprising when it suddenly is. But the best part about talking to Dr. Kabeca is that once we understand this is normal, this is what women go through as as our, our hormones decrease and change, And there are also some things you can do to help with some of these symptoms. And Dr. Quebec has got some solutions for you. So definitely look for the Life Lessons podcast. If you go to any podcast app and search Jen Stevens, you can find it. And Sherry is the co-host. And look for episode 25 and then episode 26. And you know, we got a lot of feedback on those two episodes. People really enjoyed listening to Dr. Quebec. She's just fantastic. She's actually going to come on intermittent fasting stories podcast because she's also an intermittent faster. But I can confidently say that we go through this as women, whether we're intermittent fasters or not. And I really still to this day think that intermittent fasting helped me go through it easier than what I've heard from other people, what they've gone through. Does that mean it was, you know, painless? No. (laughs) It's weird. It's so weird when you're like, you know, wow, what is happening? Yes. Well, I knew Jen that you would have the answer for that. That was perfect. Her subject line is really the menopausal transition in three words. Well, it's, well, one, two, three, four, it's five words, but (laughs) sleep, sex drive, and sweats. There it is. (laughs) 
something Julie might want to look into that might help. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not prescribing. I'm currently reading a book by Michael Platt. Um, it's called Adrenaline Dominance. And he actually has another book as well that I'm going to read called The Miracle of Bioidentical Hormones. So his theory is that a lot of the issues that we experience, not even things that we perceive as hormonal, but a lot of health issues in general are related to adrenaline dominance. And he believes that progesterone is often the hormone that can really mitigate that and balance hormones. And a lot of people seem to benefit from progesterone. So, oh yeah, that's huge. Dr. Jones that I talked to explained how when he gets women on the right dose of progesterone, that it just changes their lives. Like they're sleeping better. They, you know, and and Dr. Quebecca talked about the same thing. So that's definitely, you know, you definitely want to work with a professional that's going to help you find the right dose for your body. That's important. You don't want to just be guessing. 100%. He had a list of things to keep in, in mind when using progesterone cream specifically. The first thing was what you just said, Jen. He says, there's no one size fits all dosage. The patient begins with a generally recommended dosage and then adapts the amount and frequency of application and even application site is needed. He says, I love this. He says, when it comes to dosing progesterone, it's better to treat the patient rather than the lab test. That is adjust the dosage according to the patient's response rather than the blood test results. I think that's huge too. I've I've heard that about thyroid medication as well. That's how they used to do it before labs. Kind of goes into what we were saying (laughs) at the beginning of this show. You were talking about how it's hard to test these things anyway. Like it's hard to even know. And I think when it comes to supplementing with with hormones, bioidentical hormones or progesterone cream, you know, going off how you feel is really, that sounds really vague, but working with a practitioner and basing it on your symptoms and how you feel rather than necessarily what the lab test might show. The levels, yeah, 100%. Yeah. He says it's best applied to areas with a good blood supply where the skin is thin So that's the inner forearm, the upper chest, the back of the neck, or the face. He says it appears to be extremely safe with few potential side effects. This is interesting. He says progesterone has a short half-life in the bloodstream, about five to six minutes, because of its propensity to attach readily to receptor sites. He says saliva tests do not give an accurate picture of progesterone levels, except maybe if you're using just a cream. And then he says he thinks you should avoid oral progesterone. But in any case... That might be something to look into, finding a practitioner who works with hormones. That's what I would recommend, 100%, and and trying to get what's right for you until your symptoms are better. But again, it does get better to the degree that now that I'm on the other side, I, I am sleeping better now. Like I, I was having more trouble sleeping than I am now. My sleep has gotten better. It's still not the sleep that I had before, <laughs> I'm going to just say. It's like I don't need as much sleep. And, you know, my mother was just here. I hadn't seen her in a while. She lives in Virginia, but, of course, couldn't travel during the pandemic. But I just spent some time with her, and she was talking about what she does. Like, she wakes up so early, like crazy early, like 4.30. That's when she wakes up. So I was like, okay, we've got the same rhythm. I bet. I mean, I don't want to—I'm not, I'm not waking up at 4.30. But she goes to bed really early, wakes up really early, really early. I was telling you, Jen, I literally went to bed at 5 a.m. last night. I'm dying. My aura ring, I got the worst score. <laughs> I got the worst score I've ever received on my aura ring ever. It was a 51. I was like, it knows. It knows. <laughs> when it's that bad, it suggests a like a recovery day. I didn't do it, but I think basically if you put it in that mode, it won't 
like penalize you for not, I think what it does is it doesn't penalize you for doing activity. So like, it'll like change your activity goals and stuff because it knows that you're resting. I think that's what it does. But in any case, did we answer Julie's stuff? I think so. I think so. I think so. And yeah, (sighs) I'm sending positive thoughts your way, Julie, because I get it. (laughs) And again, you're just like, what's happening to me? Because we really, you can hear all about it, but, you know, I I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen to me. Okay, no, it will. It's going to. It's all the young people, including you, Melanie. Just wait. I honestly feel like, especially when I had the mercury toxicity, I think it did a number on my hormones. I feel like I experienced, I feel like I experienced a lot of the hormonal type effects that I'll probably experience. Oh, yes. You've already kind of been down that road. Yeah. Because I do hear stories, especially in books I read of people who, you know, don't have symptoms in perimenopause and menopause. That's what I'm hoping for, but we'll see. And I think I went through it pretty well, you know, for in general, it wasn't like debilitating, but everyone's heard me talk about struggling with my sleep. And that was when wine started to be more of a problem for me. If I wanted to get a good night's sleep, I had to not do a lot of drinking. All right, we have a question from Sarah, and her subject is so discouraged. And Sarah said, hey, gals, longtime lover of y'all and the podcast and all your things. Hope you can talk me off this ledge and troubleshoot. I'll try to be brief. I've been doing IF for maybe four years off and on, not while pregnant, etc. But most recently, I've been 19.5 most days since about March. I eat what I like, but thanks to appetite correction, it's whole, real foods about 98% of the time. I fast on weekends, too. I open my window early if my body tells me to. I do drink a glass or two of wine because it's literally the thing I look forward to at the end of the day when the kids go to bed. I'm home by myself with three kids. Husband is an ICU travel nurse who works out of town. Thanks, COVID. Other stats. 45 years old. 5'5" current weight 187, goal 145, medications taken for anxiety, depression, allergies, and high blood pressure. I do kettlebells for 30 minutes three to four times a week and cardio, which is dancing two to three times a week. I have seven-year-old twins and a two-year-old. Here's the ledge. I weighed myself this morning because I've joined a work weight loss program and that's part of the program to weigh yourself. You work with a health coach, etc., I'm still way over what I want to weigh. I hate looking at my body in the mirror. I have that post-C-section apron, and I'm 45. Cellulite comes with the territory, right? I don't take progress pics because I can't bear looking at myself, and my clothes aren't fitting any differently. I've had my hormones and other levels checked, and everything except my vitamin D was fine. I'm supplementing. I'm crying while I'm typing this. I'm so discouraged. I was hoping to have dropped some weight, and nothing is moving. I'm so disgusted with my body. I'm ready to go buy all the devices and try all the quack junk or just give up and be fat. Thanks for all you do, Sarah. And Sarah, I hear your discouragement through this whole thing. I want to give you a big hug. First of all, I'm giving you a big hug. Imagine the hug right this minute. Hug, big hug. I'm so, I'm so, so sorry to hear this. And I, I feel like, because this was a very, I mean, it's a very emotional email. And I feel like, we don't get quite as many emails that are this intense, but I know it's something that I think a lot of people experience. So I applaud Sarah for writing us about it because she talks about wanting to go, you know, get 
the devices and try all the things. Sarah, I, I feel like you're looking for the solution. This is going to sound cheesy, but outside of yourself. And what if maybe the solution isn't outside of yourself? I think there's a lot that you could benefit from, from like the mental work here and your perspective of everything that you're experiencing. I had a really good episode with Amy Johnson, who wrote The Little Book of Big Change. And that episode was really amazing for reframing everything that you're experiencing. And then I just recorded with her again. And I think it might be out by the time this comes out. So that episode is going to be coming out October 1st. So it'll be coming out a little bit after this airs, but we'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes to it. And it's for her new book called Just a Thought. I think listening to those you might find very, very helpful. I have a lot of thoughts. Jen, do you want to do you want to start though? Yeah, I do have I have some thoughts as well. And I'm gonna pinpoint two things that might be getting in the way of your weight loss. And one of them is in your allergy medication. Antihistamines can cause weight gain. And so if you're taking an antihistamine every single day, that could be just something to to look at and, and think about. I'm going to say the one thing that Sarah does not want me to say. Do you know what I'm going to say, Melanie? I think you're going to say the wine. I'm going to say the wine and <laughs> because I'm going to talk about my own body. And for me, for me, that's a huge, huge, huge difference. So it may it sounds like you're drinking a glass or two of wine every day when the kids go to bed. And, you know, if you say that is the only thing you're looking forward to, I would find something else to look forward to, something else, some other self-care ritual, because I get how hard it is. You know, when your kids are little, boy, do I get it. Seven-year-old twins and a two-year-old, it is intense. But for me, when I was losing weight 2014 to 2015, I stopped drinking. And you've already got the right kind of diet with real whole foods 98% of the time. Your eating window is is in check. But I stopped the wine and no drinking. I did it for about 10 weeks. Boom, it accelerated my weight loss like crazy, like crazy. And, you know, just from all the data that I had for all the time that I was, you know, losing weight and still weighing myself, there was a huge correlation with alcohol and what my weight did. So I would, you know, experiment with that. You may want to read the book, This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. It's a powerful book. And it really helped me think about my own relationship with alcohol. And and I'm not saying that you have a problem with alcohol at all, but I was drinking a glass or two of wine every single day as well. Stopping that has made such a positive difference in how I feel. And, you know, we've kind of, you know, Annie Grace does a better job explaining it than me. She's the expert when it comes to this topic. But give that book a try and read it with an open mind. And she doesn't tell you you have to stop drinking. But she wants you to examine your own statements and thoughts around it. Like if you, you know, the way it came through here is that you wrote literally in capital letters showing me you have really strong emotions. You do not want to give up this wine. So think about why you don't. And you may find that is like the secret sauce that makes a huge difference, the giving it up. Give it a try and see. That would be my advice. It's so interesting. It just goes back to how individual we all are because like for me, wine has no effect on weight gain for me. If anything, I feel like I 
probably maintain a lower weight when I'm drinking wine, which is really interesting. If I had to focus on one thing, it's, well, first of all, I'm really, I love everything that Jen drew attention to with the emotional aspects surrounding the wine, because like, I think wine is such a wonderful thing for a lot of people. I love wine. (laughs) Yeah. I think people can look forward to it and it can have a very healthy place in people's lives emotionally. But when it becomes the thing that you're looking forward to for relief, I just get a little bit nervous about like its role in your emotional health surrounding it. I would want it to be an additive and something that enhances your life without feeling like you, you know, have to have it. If I were to focus on one thing to jumpstart, oh, and I will say, I know this is ironic because Jen just suggested not drinking wine, but I do want to say if you do drink wine and you are going to continue drinking wine every night, I would definitely, definitely, definitely drink dry farm wines. (laughs) I feel so strongly about this. It's going to be lower alcohol, lower sugar, organic, free of toxins, and compared to conventional wines, I think you might experience a massive difference if you're experiencing any negative effects from the wine. And you can get a bottle for a penny at dryfromwines.com slash IF podcast. That said, if I were to focus on something to jumpstart the weight loss, I would focus on the, the eating what you like and maybe try eating what you like within a macro paradigm if you haven't done that already. So I know you're eating whole foods, but... I don't know what those are. Your body might respond really well to either low carb, high fat. It doesn't have to even be high fat, but either low carb or a high carb, low fat approach. I think there's really a magic that can be experienced in following one of those macros strictly. People experience weight loss doing that without fasting. So when coupled with fasting, it can often really, really help. Focusing on protein as the like foundation of your meal, I think is really great for providing satiety, providing calories that are, are not going to turn into fat. They're going to be used to build and support your body. They're going to encourage, support your metabolism, and then also let you more likely be in a calorie deficit while being thoroughly nourished. So having, having protein as your, your main thing and then trying either the low-carb or the low-fat approach. I think if you haven't done that, I think you you might see a massive change. If you haven't tried that yet at all, I mean, there's actually a lot of potential, like a lot of potential. So I'm actually very, very excited for you. And the great thing is if you haven't tried it, that's two options you can try. And I would give, like if one doesn't work, you can try the other. I would definitely, if you do try one, though I would give it a substantial amount of time to see if it's working for you. And and really, as far as like the wine goes, you can have something else in a glass that feels festive. Like I love to have coconut water in a wine glass. Like I have that very frequently during my window. And I found I just wanted to drink something that wasn't water, black coffee, plain tea out of a pretty wine glass. See, that's so interesting because like this just goes to show how different we are. Like if I were to replace wine with coconut water, I would probably gain weight for sure. Oh, really? Coconut water doesn't... Yeah, I love coconut water. It's pretty sugary, right? And it's not. I don't think so. No, it's not. Oh, I thought it was. For me, wine has a really nice effect, especially wearing a CGM. It has a really nice effect on my blood sugar. But in any case, the biggest thing here, Sarah, is I just want to encourage you that 
you're not destined to be stuck in this state. And this state isn't even something, this is going to sound silly, but it's not even a problem. And what I mean by that is everything that you're experiencing is just your experience at this moment. And things change. They always change. Like it's literally impossible for things not to change. So there's nothing to be scared about as far as thinking that you're going to be here forever. Things do change. They will change. You know, you can try things, you can make choices and things can move in a different direction and everything that you're experiencing. It's okay. Like it's okay. Like I really think that you can see some changes if you look at the food. Anything else for her? No, I think that's it. We're rooting for you, Sarah. Get back with us if you try some things and see what what your sweet spot is. I will say, and I I feel like I've broken record because I suggest all of this stuff so often, but it's just because I really think it can be effective. If you really want to supercharge, if you want to try the the low-carb route, I would not embrace the idea of like all the fat. Like you don't have to eat a lot of fat to enter ketosis. You just have to go low carb. So if you have the weight to lose, I would, and you want to try low carb, I would go low carb. I would not focus on adding lots of fats. If you do add fat, I would add something like MCT oil, specifically C8 only. I can put a link in the show notes to the one that I like. That is a fat that you can add that is very stimulating of metabolism in your eating window, not in your fast, is very unlikely to actually be stored as fat. And I, I it can actually help you lose fat if you try the low carb approach. So. I'm really curious what she's saying about the quack junk, what she's talking about trying. Well, I don't think she's talking about anything we talk about, but the stuff that you see all over the place, like the weight loss fads, not anything we're promoting. You don't need any of those quack things that are out there. You definitely don't. I really don't think there's anything you can buy. Even the things we like that you know can have positive benefits on your health are not necessary for weight loss. I actually, I know this is controversial. I do think there are certain like things that are marketed as weight loss pills. I think there are certain compounds out there that if you took them in a fasted state would catalyze fat burning. But I just think they're so like misconstrued and how weight loss pills work. Most of them have like lots of crappy ingredients and additives and safety issues. So there's not really a practical, realistic way of implementing this. I do think like scientifically certain compounds can help like support fat burning, but there's nothing I would like, I can actually like straight up suggest. So in any case, anything else? Nope. I I think that's all. One other thing. If Sarah doesn't feel comfortable taking like pictures of herself, I think that's totally fine. Like I just wouldn't stress about that. I mean, you definitely want to do what feels, feels right to you. I mean, I'm not going to say everyone must take photos. Yeah. I was wondering if you got questions about that before? Well, the reason I would encourage you to take photos, even though you don't want to look at them right now, is because one day you're going to be glad you have them. That's the only thing. You know, right now, maybe you don't like taking them and you don't like looking at them, but one day you'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I have these photos. And you can save them in like the hidden role in your camera, like you can Google how to do that. So you don't have to look at them when you're scrolling along and you can hide in that hidden folder. And then just go to them. I have some photos of me in that hidden folder. <laughs> and it's not photos I share with people or would I share with people. But, you know, you can really see how your body is changing. And especially with, you know, the kettlebells that she's doing and the the cardio, 
I think I talked about this last week. You know, she says her clothes aren't fitting any differently, but with the way clothes are right now, you can change a lot and your clothes, you can't tell it in your clothes by the way they're fitting, but you would be able to tell it in a photo. I mean, I'm not going to say you absolutely must take photos, but I would encourage you to get past that and think of it as I'm going to really be able to tell a difference when I look again in a month and wear the same clothes and you will probably be pleasantly surprised. Yes. I like that. Sorry. I just realized one thing I totally missed. Huge. This is huge. The medications for the anxiety and the depression, those could be playing a major, major, major role. I only mentioned the allergy medication, but you're right. Huge. I don't know what you're taking specifically. If it's like an SSRI or something, there is a lot of clinical literature on weight gain on those medications. And also what's really interesting is a lot of the studies find a long-term effect. So people will go on these medications, gain weight, go off the medications, and the effects seem to last. And they don't know why that is, but it seems to, for a lot of people, change something. Like in the hypothalamus, your metabolism, something. So that could be playing a factor. And I, I don't say that to discourage you. I say it to know that if you feel like your efforts aren't working, to, to keep in mind, it's like kind of like what we were talking about at the beginning. Like it's not necessarily all you. The hormones and the things in your body are very intense driving factors, but it's encouraging because you can set up an environment knowing that that will work in your favor. And just feeling like you're not having to take the blame. That's the thing. Like I can remember all those years when I was struggling with obesity and feeling like I must be weak. There's something wrong with me. Why can't I do this? This must be my fault. Because we're kind of conditioned to feel that way. Like, well, if you just do X, Y, Z, why can't you just do X, Y, Z, right? And so you, you feel like there's something wrong with you, like morally wrong with you, when really it might be something that's going on physically behind the scenes, and it's not your conscious fault. And that can give you relief instead of feeling like it's a failing on your part. You just understand, okay, this is what my body's doing right now. And of course, we would not encourage you to just go off medication for anxiety or depression. No, definitely not. That's not what we're saying at all. But or even allergy medication, but to understand the link. And and when you understand the link, you're like, well, oh, well now that makes sense. Now it makes sense that I can't lose the weight. Yes. So, we feel for you, Sarah. Let us know how it goes. So, the show notes for today's episode will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 228. And we will put links in the show notes to everything that we talked about there. There was a link I wanted to mention because we talked about Element a few times throughout this episode. And you can get a free sampler pack completely free at drinklmnt.com forward slash ifpodcast. So that's a really great offer. You can get all of the stuff that we like at ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like. If you would like to submit your own questions for the show, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. And lastly, you can follow us on Instagram. We are ifpodcast. I am Melanie Avalon, Jenna Jen Stevens. And I think that is everything. Anything from you, Jen, before we go? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful and I will talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. 
Please remember that everything discussed on the show is not medical advice. We're not doctors. You can also check out our other podcasts, Intermittent Fasting Stories and the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.